Sterling's got from the east to the west. Make you laugh your lungs out of your chest. Rolling up, cause it's time to go. And take another hit of this episode. <laughs> this is another episode of the Comedy Reject Podcast, brought to you by TaylorMadeRadio.ca and produced by Matt Olix. Let's begin the show. Today is a very special day. I know you guys um, do not typically see me have guests on the show, but tonight I am very excited to uh, have a very special guest uh, to talk about some, just about anything. You know how we get down on the podcast, talk about whatever the fuck we feel like. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Cassius Shea. Welcome, welcome, hey. welcome, welcome, <laughs> welcome. Thank, thank you. you so much. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for uh, uh, inviting me to this beautiful studio of yours. Holy cow, it's amazing. Uh, what do you use this studio for anyways? I teach belly dance, fitness. I do life coaching, and I make my own tutorials, courses, all those things. Those are coming out in the new year. And yeah, that's more of my professional like business stuff. And mm-hmm. then like I have my you know exotic dancer stuff, which everybody knows me as Cassius. Cassius Shea. Yeah. Or with my belly dancing world, I'm shake it, shake it. Ah, shake it, shake it. I like, I like. <laughs> Yo, I saw the one video you did. How, okay, you did a video where you put a whole ass pot with a plant on top of your head and then started belly dancing. Like, how does that even happen? <laughs> like, first of all, I can't even do, I got a pointed head. So if I put a plant on the top of it, the shit would just fall off. Right in the beginning of the video, but like, how is that something that you like? What do you teach that? Like, how does that even happen? I usually, is that like balance? That's like a ninja move. I usually teach it with a sword, but what do you, you got? You <laughs> <laughs> so first like, of all, I was talking about a plat. Now you're like, nah, let's take it up a notch. Bring out the sword. <laughs> you have a sword. I have a sword. It's not here. It's in Ontario, but I'm gonna bring it here soon. I can't wait. So. I belly dance with a sword on my head for the most part. And I used to train with books on my head. And I used to train with books on my head. So going on to sword work, that was a challenge because you have to find that center point. Yeah, I think. And then not tilt your head and put it forward and back. And it's actually a great way to train for posture and like keeping your chin up instead of doing that whole double chin thing that, you know. It's a great way to cause anxiety. (laughs) I don't care what anybody tells me. It's like, hey, can you just take this sword? And what? Does the sword? Yeah, you got to balance it. I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to do the running man. I'm out. I don't want to do this no more. (laughs) So you literally. Okay, so. Where where's the idea and the theory of the sword? Like, why a sword? Well, a sword is used in traditional belly dance. And, um, well, it depends on which country you're from. But, yeah, they do a lot of sword work. They do a lot of cane dancing. So I took the plant on my head and balanced it and danced with it because not only did I see it on TikTok with water bottles, I'm like, I'm just going to step it up a notch with a heavy plant. Yeah, whole <laughs> ass plant. You guys, if, <laughs> listen to my dedicators, my dedicated, uh, uh, check out at Cash and Shay and you'll see the video on Instagram. I was like, that is insane. I can't believe like, and full on like rhythmic moving, like doing the whole thing with the pot on your head. Man, you guys got to go and see this. Actually, just give her a follow anyways. Uh, trust me, you're not going to be uh, disappointed. Uh, and how long have you been belly dancing now? I've been belly dancing for almost... 20 years since I was 10 
where did you even why like okay so 10 that's a young age to pick mm-hmm. it up why why did you get into the whole belly dancing thing my older sister was part of a women's gym and she used to manage the group fitness schedule and so she would be on top of everybody's certifications and all that kind of stuff so she got certified in belly dance and then started teaching it and she had me and my younger sister perform with her it was super cute I still have like my little first outfit and everything (laughs) and uh, we performed with her at a place in Windsor Ontario and then I grew up with it with her classes in the gym it's more like I grew up with the fitness based belly dance stuff and with VHSs in my mama's basement. I didn't even have a teacher, an actual professional teacher until I was like 25. (laughs) And then I scouted out other belly dancers and I'm like, hey, I need more education. And because I was getting really bored with what I was teaching and I'm like, I need more education. And then they kind of like whipped me into shape. And uh, what what did you learn? Because like uh, you're saying that you were doing it on your own with VHSs in the basement. Obviously, that's like trying to learn Kung Fu from, you know, kung fu movies so like how grounded Billy were Blanks. you in it when you met up with other people like how much training was it like a rocky montage training uh, or was it like you already came in rocking the game and they were like oh we just gonna you know straighten your back a little do a little this now take this knife out like how much more extra did it co- get go get into for you to become what you are now um okay well it took me getting bored and actually quitting teaching because i was so bored And people would still love what I do. And then I'm like, hey, no. And then I would watch other belly dancers on TV or not TV, but like um, Instagram or YouTube. And I'm I'm like, I always want to be that person. I'm like, I want to be up on the stage, the big stage with a live drummer and all this and all the beautiful costumes. And I started investing in the costumes. So I got two new costumes. And then I'm like, okay, maybe I should take a class while I'm home and just on rest. I'm just going to take a couple class from some local teachers that I love and that I will learn from because they have way more education and training than me as far as the cultural background and exactly where each style comes from and all those things. So I thought it was really important for me to dabble into that because I'm an amazing belly dancer. I can literally see someone do something and just do it. But having- Yeah, you are. Like I said, I saw the videos. You are fantastic. Thank you. But not having the education background of where that style comes from is a big deal, especially in the Middle Eastern um, population like or anybody in general- Middle Eastern, African, both of those style dances from wherever in the Middle East or wherever in Africa, you definitely need to do your research and you need to know what you're teaching. Because if you don't know what you're teaching, I mean, you're going to get the the one person who comes in your class and pretty much outsmarts you. Not that that's a fear of mine because I love learning, but it kind of makes you look like, like I'm always a student no matter what. I'm not afraid of actually um, having a student come into my class and teach me things because I love that. But I feel like as a teacher, I'm like, okay, I always need to be a student too. So it kind of just clicked when I realized that there's like, I don't know everything. i never thought I did, but I realized I'm like, I don't know everything and I want to know everything. So I was just hungry for more education. And then I hired a couple of teachers, just going to some classes sometimes. And then I'd take a big break. And now it's getting a bit more serious where I'm taking weekly classes from a person who's actually trained in the Middle East. And I'm investing on this on- online um membership for myself so that I know exactly what I'm taking into my classes and it fuels me with ideas because as soon as I get new moves and ideas and all that stuff I just take it and run and I create new choreography and I'm like on fire nobody can stop me I love it now um that's a you talked about like a lot of where it comes from what is the history of belly dancing where did it originate from and like 
t- tell me like the history of it, like a little bit of because you're like there's different countries that have different styles and in choreography. I didn't even know belly dancing had choreography. I thought it was you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Do the belly thing. That's all I knew. And so <laughs> Just I make was your belly like, dance. Yeah, do the belly thing. <laughs> and uh, also, I want to know not just the history, but it's interesting. Like, do men belly dance? Is that a thing? Men definitely belly dance. Is that now, part of the culture, or is that just a few guys who are like, you know what, I could do it too? Now, people might have mixed opinions about this, but in my training and my research, I know that they say it originate originates from Northern Africa, Egypt. Or the Middle East and lots of places around there. And it's all kind of combined Middle Eastern African, especially in the Arabic speaking African countries and the um, French speaking uh, Middle Eastern countries as well. Like there's so much, so many styles like Turkish belly dancing. One of my favorite styles is very different from um, Egypt, Egyptian belly dance, which is more like cabaret style. It's more like um, you're wearing like a long dress it's very conservative whereas like turkish style is like showing more belly more boobs um however like sexualizing the belly dance has always been in the history too so they say that because it's a it looks sexy but it's actually the dance of the womb they say it's a more of a feminine dance but men belly dance too those are like men are so important especially for big shows to be Uh, partner with a belly dancer in a big show or many men dancing around the ladies like it's just a huge choreography and it's a huge show and it all comes together especially when you're trained I've seen men belly dance better than women I've seen lots of women belly dance in so many different styles like Iraqi style uh, versus Turkish style. Like, it's crazy. Like <laughs> It sounds like a street fight about to happen. Oh, my gosh. You're like, Iraqi style versus Turkish style. Bring it out. <laughs> Bellies just come out moving. Look it up. It's a crazy thing. Like, I feel like Iraqi style is like, they dress in black a lot and they just... It's like a mosh pit version of belly dance. <laughs> now, mosh this is, pit belly dancing. This is like, okay, I'm talking about hair flips from, I don't even know where. Like, I don't know how they don't break their neck, but they're very well trained, obviously, for that. But it's all hair flips, mostly. What's, what's a it's, hair flip for, it's the, like, for the person, the lame, the layman, and me as well? I'm the layman. It's me, guys. I don't know what the fuck a hair flip is. <laughs> well, when you bring your hair and you, like, flip it forward and then back and then forward again and then back and then uh, kind of like. I see that in Ethiopian dance where it's like where they spin their it, head. Like, that's interesting. I really, really like to look that I, up. I, I'll show it to you. Like they, um, like it's an Ethiopian dance, um, and you'll see the Ethiopian, Eritrean, and Somalian, where uh, it's a women dance, and it's like with their head, and they spin their head, mm-hmm. and it is, uh, woo! Wow. I don't know how they don't break. Let me find my phone. Yeah, I would You're allowed love- to use your phone on yeah. on this podcast. Oh, okay. you, you do, <laughs> uh, this podcast has no rules. Typically, I'm smoking weed and telling shit stories. <laughs> But yeah, I'll I'll find it. We'll, I can, love, we'll continue I on honestly, with the history, but I'll show you this neck whipping dance thing that is. I insane. would love to learn that, and honestly, any type of belly dance that I can get my hands on, and I'm obviously gonna find out what I love the most, and then go with that. But I love um, Middle Eastern style, like Egyptian style, is very classic and it's very classy and. I love Turkish style. It's very sexy and not to sexualize the belly dance, but I mean, hey, when those girls dance, you can't tell me that's not sexy, no matter who belly dances. <laughs> now, is it is it something that is a ceremonial dance or is it like you being a nightclub and motherfuckers belly dancing? Both. I oh, feel shit, like it's okay. both because it's part of the culture where um, they say like belly dancers were around women when they gave birth because it relaxes a woman. It also helps with like post-birth so the woman can like tone all those muscles that are used in childbirth it also prepares you for childbirth so it's actually good for you when you're pregnant if you keep doing it 
for your full term, um, from, you know, your first term all the way into, uh, labor. And it just, it's amazing. And it's very magical. And then of course it's in the culture where, um, people would hire belly dancers for their wedding to bring out the groom and bride. Yeah. That's what I see more of. That's why I was asking mm-hmm. if it was like a ceremonial thing. Cause I seen a lot of that. Yeah. So weddings, childbirth, exercise, clubs <laughs> and i think it's because it's in middle eastern culture that or in african culture that like people just do it when they're dancing even through the house so it's in their culture so what else are they going to do when they go to the club that's what they know so they're going to do it so it just became something in the nightclubs and then they started making little you know coin skirts for people to wear out and outfits that represent middle eastern culture and I feel like it's beautiful and it should never be degraded. So I feel like people should definitely learn, like any other culture, where they're getting their outfits from and what kind of dance style they're doing. So that's like a little bit of a uh, a note for people that uh, that's how you start cultural appropriation. Yes. By not uh, educating yourself and also paying homage and tribute to where it came from. That's right. Because uh, I like that. That's very important for me personally because... I like the idea that human beings from around the world create such beautiful things. And I think as a human of the world that uh, it's great that you, like exactly what you said, to pick things out from the world that you love mm-hmm. and make that your own, but at the same time attribute it where it came from, not act like, oh, that's me. Give I'm the credit. one that made that up. Give credit to where it comes from. Don't be a culture vulture. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because there's so many different uh, cultures and things that I like from around the world. Like, I love... The, the the discipline and the and the, the history and heritage of like how Japanese people are. I love mm-hmm. the uh, you know the the festive uh, and wildness and freeness of like Caribbean people. I I love the the the, the, the art and culture and the food and Italian people. You know what I'm saying? Yes. But it's like exactly. you, you got you give credit to that. I think black people like spaghetti more than Italian people now. <laughs> I'll put that up against anybody. If you think I'm lying, white people listening to my podcast, you ask any black person if they like spaghetti, and they'll be like, "Fuck yeah!" But they make it way different than you because they use seasonings. <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> like that's good. Another thing that I want to know, because uh, you were just saying it there, um. Do people, is it, because this is obviously a cultural dance, but you were just saying that, like, people shouldn't uh, uh, look down on it in a negative way. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't know, uh, I'm asking, is belly dancing portrayed as something that is just over-sexualized and not an art form? Because I see it, and I'm like, that's amazing. Like, I only see it on special occasions and stuff like that. It's not like, you know, you, you something that you see in rap videos and shit like that. Um, Sometimes. You do. You do? Yep. Goddamn. (laughs) It's definitely sexualized because it is sexy. Well, it is sexual, but I don't think it's a bad sexual. I mean, I don't think anything sexual is bad. I shouldn't even have said that. I think uh, we put way too much uh, thought into the whole thing of sex. I think, you know, sexuality in itself is on the spectrum and we're still learning it with them as we learn ourselves. Um, But um, I didn't, I don't, when I see belly dancing, I just think of like, it, it looks like a cultural dance. It just feels like it. And it's like, it's beautiful, in my opinion. For sure. Like the hip rolls and the mayas, the figure eights with your hips. That's like one of the sexiest moves, I think, because it makes our, it shapes our tummy, right? And then it's hypnotizing, especially to um, the, especially to people in general. It doesn't matter if you're a man or woman or non-binary, but you look at someone and you're like, wow, when they move like that. Even yes. if you're a man, if a man moves like that, 
Wow. (laughs) That's the thing that I'm thinking about, the hip bone move. Like, how do you even train? Because, like, if anybody right now is listening, is thinking, they're like, I try. You you try to belly dance, and all you do is end up looking like you're doing a snake standing up. How do you even, if you can put it in words, how Mm -hmm. do you even begin to get into that, like, training? Like, what do you do? There's no workout on the charts at a high school gym, that's like, this is what you got to do for your abs, mm-hmm. your lats, and this is for belly dancing. So, like, what do you do to train to get those moves happening? You find your mind and body connection with your muscles. You engage in your muscles, but you oh, need a good coach. This shit. This is some <laughs> spiritual intense shit. I thought you were going to be like, all right, you got to do 54 sit-ups, <laughs> no. some leg raises. You're like, nah, you got to get in touch with your mind you, and soul. You do. You have to get in touch with your body and like the muscle connection, I think, is the most important. Like, especially just bend your knees. Bend your knees. That's it. <laughs> Especially Are you for serious. All that hip moving, and you're like bend your knees. Bend your knees. Sit into it like a kind of like a partial squat, not like you know all the way. I found it. This is the. Uh, uh, oh, the Ethiopian. Yeah, the Ethiopian. Ethiopian uh, here, wedding dance. Wow. Yeah. Look at all that hair. And they go in with it, and uh, wow. so, like sometimes they go faster and shit like that. It's it's intense. That's the first place I ever saw that. And I was like, oh, her neck go fall off. And wow. Like, no, they're good at it. She probably has a strong neck. That's what like, I'm saying. I'm like, this, I'm like, her, I would believe that there's some training going on. And it, it's more than just connecting with your soul. It's like making sure you don't disconnect from your spine. Exactly. So <laughs> I'm, uh, too. I'm you impressed. A, you can't have like overuse injuries where you're doing something wrong so many times. And then all of a sudden you get injured like for a long time because you were doing it wrong the whole time. So that's why you need a coach who's uh, not only good at belly dance, like talent definitely is very powerful, but you need someone with fitness education. So like for myself, I've been a personal trainer since I was 18 and Damn, before you got that, a lot of hats. You're bef- a belly yeah, dancer, that, personal trainer, and we didn't even get into all the other things you do. No, <laughs> I mean, like 15 years old, I was teaching fitness in the gym. I was, I was a group fitness instructor, so I started there, and now it's been, you know, 15 years 15, later. 15, I was almost. trying not to pee my pants. That's what I was doing. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I was a piece of shit at 15. Yeah, no, you need to hire somebody. Team. That's all I was doing. Damn. No, you need to You're hire someone who's talented person. and who can break it down in the way that you understand. Because so many people take things different. Like in group classes, I used to come up to people and ask, may I touch you? I would literally move their hip in the right place and then boom, they would get it. And I would explain to them what they have to do. But some people have to be told verbally. Some people learn visually. It's different for everybody. So you need to find a teacher who can explain it. And if they see that you're still struggling, they need to break it down in a way that you understand Mm. and have that fitness background because you don't want to get hurt. Okay. I think I'm a visual learner. I'm a person that like I see it the first time and I'm a fuck it up. Same, same. Right? And then, <laughs> but like, but like the fucking up is just me going through the movements and being like, okay, this is obviously not right. And then the next day I come back, I'll definitely be better because yeah. it's like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, okay, uh, the movement feels more natural because it's an unnatural movement. Not unnatural, but like, it's a movement that you've never done before you have to in train that combination. Yeah. And so you come back stronger. Yeah. Train your body. A, just like any new workout program, any like kickboxing, you go there, you learn the technique yes. and then you get into the drills and then you get into the combos and then you're ready to fight, you know, maybe years later. Yeah. My son's in kickboxing. I got to start nice. taking the classes too. Cause I don't want the little motherfucker to get stronger than me. I don't have time for that shit. I'll fuck him up. I'm going to choke him out. I'll shoot him. I don't give a shit. Oh, he'll have your it's, back it's for your, all re- below for your the whole knee. Life. Listen, when two <laughs> men are in a house, it's it the violence begins, man. And my son's already five feet tall. A few more inches, I'm wow. about to chin check him. 
I'm about to hold him down and say things in his ears like, I fucked your mom. Like, I'm about to do some, <laughs> some psychological damage to this kid because he's, I don't want him to be strong. No, I don't. I want him to be strong. I mean, that's silly. I'm just joking. That's your job to be a parent, like to raise your kids better than you, right? Yes. That's the number one goal. Uh, is but I'm going to still beat your ass. I'll, yeah. Line. <laughs> I'm going to beat your ass as long as I can until I become the old lion in the field who's just like, go on, play it, go on with yourself. <laughs> No, he'll have right? your back me. for the rest of your life. Well, that's what I want to put my um, my. Um, so I have three kids. I want to have my daughters. I'm looking forward to putting them in uh, in uh, self defense classes because they're lunatics right now, and uh, I love their their strength. My daughter is uh, <laughs> is three years old, and she tells us in full detail that she has four husbands. <gasps> she has four husbands. <laughs> And that she's the boss of them. I'm like, yo, this is a boss motherfucker right here. She's you got four dicks. You got four dicks and you control it. You got brother wives. You got brother, brother wives. wives. <laughs> she's got brother Her wives. Brother house bends. You know what I'm saying? They're probably I, just cleaning the house as she like Well, she says that she's the boss. And I'm like, where did you get these husbands from? She's like, remember that time I went to Toronto? Yeah, <gasps> daddy. Anyways, he's nine. I'm like, he's nine. You got, you like the zaddies? You like the zaddies? Oh Almost goodness. double digits. But like she goes into full detail about her relationships <laughs> with these four men that, that are not like paying a, rent in my house so. oh my goodness that might be somebody's like li like actual soul talking through her like she must have we have said that because uh she is an old soul <laughs> she is a, like she's a twin and her sister is nothing like her her sister is exactly how a three-year-old should be. She's like cute. She's like, I want to watch Coco Melon and I want to <laughs> listen to songs. Aww. And my daughter is there causing mental breakdowns for people. My daughter one time was jumping on the bed. Her bedtime is 8 p.m. And it was 11 p.m. in the night and I could hear her jumping on the bed. And so I went in the room, turned on the lights, and there she is. She's two years old, jumping on the bed. I don't know how fucking long she was jumping on this goddamn bed, but she was obviously jumping on the bed for a very long time. And I'm like, hey, go to bed. And she stopped jumping. And she looks at me and she goes, I don't even want to be here right now. I'm only here because mommy left me here. Call her. I'm ready to go. Oh, damn. And I was like so shocked. I closed the door like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute. I'm the parent in this shape. Yeah. Go to bed. <laughs> and she's like, whatever. Like she's just oh, my like, goodness. That's a, that, that's, she was doing that when she was two. Me and her that's mom, <laughs> we call each other all the time. Like, where did she get that sentence from? <laughs> Where did she get these things that she's saying? And I was like, we don't know. And uh, she's a, so I want to put her in some kickboxing class. You should put her in comedy. She probably will be one. Um, because <laughs> that's funny. She is definitely a chip off the old block, harder than anybody else. One time I was giving her, like, you know, like the, the parent stare um, when, when uh, you stare down a child. And um, when they, she did something bad and I gave her the eye. Everybody knows what I'm talking about when I say the eye. That's when you, you look at your kid like, hey, I'm going to whoop your ass. But you say it with your face. Well, I was doing that to her. And she was staring me down in my eyes. <clears throat> and so I'm like, okay, this is a challenge. We, we beefing. We <clears throat> and I'm staring her down. And she just, while staring me in the face, started making funny faces. And I started laughing. And when I started laughing, she was like, yeah. And then walked off. And I was like, <laughs> god damn it. I didn't teach her a lesson at all. She just realized that she's funnier than me. And I hate it. <laughs> But no, nah, I, 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 I want to get them into as many things as they want. Let them sample a little bit of everything and then let them find their passion. Mm -hmm. um, because I think that's an amazing thing. Speaking of which, what is your passion? 
Oh my goodness. Yeah, no. That deep sister question. that used to teach me belly dance, she put me in singing lessons. And then my teacher was kind of like, he's like, no. <laughs> and it just made, it just made me like so self-conscious because he would be like taking orders like on the phone from for his store while I was singing. And I'm like, but you're not telling me anything. So I'm just not gonna come back. And I just gave up. I'm kind of a good singer when I wanna be, but no. Uh <laughs> I don't even know. And so I tried that. I tried a few things, but uh, boxing, I loved boxing, but I was so out of shape, I gave up. And then I started teaching fitness, and that's when I got back into it because I was stronger to go mm -hmm. back into it. And then I started teaching kickboxing classes, so that was fun. Oh, so you teach kickboxing classes? I used to. Oh, God. Yeah, like damn. Billy Blank's Taibo style. Like oh, okay. Super aerobic <laughs> stuff, like, aer like 80s aerobics. style. There's some young people listening to this right now, like, who's Billy Blank's? And I'm like, you guys don't deserve this comedy. You know I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I'm talking to the OGs. Exactly. <laughs> Billy Blank's is the originator, the first ever, like, fitness DVD with, like, fighting all that. That was Billy Blank's. That's hilarious. And then oh, I took um, dance... Like a few times, uh, I took some, <laughs> I bought what, some Paula style? Abdul VHS tapes. You for know, dancing. she's the one that choreographed the entire uh, dance routine for um, Coming to America. She's that the shit. opening scene. I love Paula Abdul. Yeah, that opening scene with that big African dance that was choreographed wow. by Paula Abdul. That's awesome. Yeah, I, was I love shocked. her. Her choreography was hard because I tried to take her choreography and then take it to the gym, and I had trouble teaching it. <laughs> yeah and that's after practice after writing it all down and i ha and, and then for the gym like they just want to work out so i had to like break it down in a workout way which is mm -hmm. pretty like that was easy but then the actual choreography fitting it all together remembering everything it's it's hard like choreography is not easy it takes tons of practice and hours but then when i got to belly dancing people are like hey you're really good you need to get certified and teach mm -hmm. so i got certified and started teaching and i've been teaching ever since and I did like school festivals and all that kind of stuff um I was doing pageants and modeling a little bit and then yeah that's like when I was like 20 years old I was kind of uh pushed in the corner financially and I'm like I'm gonna be a stripper <laughs> <laughs> so which one of those is the passion is it the stripper or the belly dancer or all of other? it all of it all nice. of it I have to but now I'm more into like um like meditating and yoga and like i don't know i took ballet for a while i like that i like the fitness part of it i need something to keep me going um but anyway yeah so competing was where my passion was but right now with everything going on there's not very much room for competition no. and it's good though because it's going to give me some recovery time to like think about new concepts and ideas and then bring it hard the next time instead of like contest after contest being burnt out not you know getting any titles and then you know being burnt out and like quitting and mm. getting like frustrated right so i'm glad that everything's happening for a reason last year i got first place miss new northern alberta yeah. and that was pretty glorifying i also first got first place i'm here with the champs motherfucker <laughs> we don't even talk to second I got first place in the north and first place in the south in Texas for the Exotic Dancer Invitational. And those are exactly the two places that you deserve to get <laughs> first place for. Get dirty north and yourself. <laughs> the dirty south. No, honestly, the, that was so fun. As a newcomer, I won first place for the EDI. That was really fun. And I had so much fun. Such a good, like, 
competition family. And yeah, I just took a break recently, like after Miss New Northern, I haven't competed because I'm like, I'm going to come up with new concepts. I'm trading all my other exotic dancer outfits for belly dancer outfits because then I can take them to weddings mm. and in the club and make a super classy, like burlesque style, but belly dance style performance and then get naked. You know, speaking of that, uh, burlesque style, um, Onyx, we the the, the the dancer Onyx, she yeah. does um sp- uh, uh burlesque dancing at Spotlight Cabaret right here in Edmonton. Yes, I seen. Yeah, yeah that's Thursday a, nights. Right? So I mean, like, uh, that's an avenue that's definitely pursuable. So looking forward to that. Now I know I have um at least five or six female listeners, and uh, they're definitely probably like. You know, because we, I like how you just slid that in there, like, oh, yeah, now I'm a stripper. <laughs> it kind of caught everybody off guard here because we went from belly dancing to now stripper. I got it from stripper. my mama. <laughs> a lot of people would like to know what's the process? Like, how do, what is it like with this process? Because, of course, we've only seen things in the movies and, uh, in the movies, it looks terrible. Oh my you gosh, I mean? especially hustlers. I mean, yes, strippers look the so guy's bad. Like, if you want to be in the VIP room, you start with sucking my dick. And I'm like, I really hope uh, HR did not hear this conversation. <laughs> but like, uh, it, it, it's it's a uh, it, it's an unknown world that is a known world. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, what is it even like? Like, tell me the process. What do you do to get started? Is it as bad as we think it is? Um, okay. When I was like 19, 20, I went into a pole class cause I was trying to prepare myself as much as possible, even though you could literally just be a stripper. Like you don't even, you don't even have to prepare. It's good to prepare, but don't doubt yourself. You're probably already talented. You're probably, you know, you can at least count to four or like swing around the pole a little bit. But I wanted to make sure that everything was like, you know, as perfect as possible. Cause I was literally going to start like next week. So I go into the class and I was like a little chunker poo back then. So <laughs> I go into class. A chunker poo? <laughs> I wasn't even vegan yet. I didn't even like, no. <laughs> oh my God. Chunker poo people. That's a new one for me. I had a done one poo. fitness contest by then, but then I gained all my weight back and more. And then I was like, hey, I'm going to start stripping. So I went to pole class. It was so hard. I was, I felt like I was beat up. It was crazy. Well, I mean, okay, for anybody who's never been and watched, Google it, see for yourself. Pole dancing, they are the most powerful people on the planet. They will choke <laughs> your eyeballs out your head because, like, the grip strength, it, it just blows me away. Like, uh, last night I saw um, Cruella Kraken yes. do a flagpole from the ground she was on her knees for those people who don't know what a flagpole is it's exactly what you think it looks like a flag on a pole <laughs> she did that she did exactly what a flag looks like when it's in high she wind. holds it for like 20 se- i'm like i was how lose- do you do I that yeah from the ground she's on her knees and she just picks up and then all of a sudden she's hanging there and then spinning around i was like she can choke me to death if she yeah, felt like it definitely. like i cannot <laughs> arm wrestle this lady she'll kill me <laughs> like so t- tell me about the strengthening I'm just blown away by how strong it is. What is that uh, training even like? Well, I went to see um, Vertica Pole Fitness Studio in Windsor. I don't believe they're open anymore. But Elixia, let's see here. Elixia, E-L-I-X-I-A. Yeah, Elixia Embodiment on Instagram she was my first teacher. She was amazing. And I think I just entered like a beginner pull class. I still got my ass kicked. And I was like, oh my God. And so the next day I was so sore. I'm like, I don't know. 
I'm yeah. like, I think I'm just weak. But no, I wasn't. I was strength training. So I was like, what the hell is wrong with me? So I'm like, I really need to train like in a different way, like something that I've never known. And back then I actually had arthritis in my hands really bad. So going to a pull class, doing that made it made the blood flow into my hands actually like it made it better because it mm. made my hands stronger but then i'd have to take breaks because it was like too hard to handle um i don't have it anymore like i don't know what happened see that ladies if you go and handle some pole it'll get rid of your arthritis when you're 60 years old or something <laughs> hanging handling pole will prevent arthritis that is my new <laughs> <laughs> That's yes. my new slogan for the year. Handling pole. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> no, but seriously, it was crazy. And so I just became a star. I'm like, I just need to make money. <laughs> but now, like, so, that's another thing, too, with the body. Um, because I feel like uh, your body, of course, like, you already won best body. But for those who are listening, um, Cassius has a, I would say, close to perfect. Like, there's nothing I would, you can't even really say anything to change about it. I feel like your body is your business. Yes. Why is it that I don't see that every time in the club, though? There's a lot of people <laughs> in the club be like, what, did you just did you just eat Cheetos and a beer and come out? Oh, did my you? gosh. No, honestly, <laughs> like, I trained really hard when I was doing fitness competitions. I did bikini tall class, and I won my first one in Windsor, and then my, sec- my second one and my third one, I didn't place, but... I felt like I looked my best for my third one and I placed way better against provincial level competition rather than just regional. Mm-hmm. It was like 30 girls in my class and I placed like 11th or something. And I was so happy because of the way I looked. Looked like a brick house. But then they're like, well, you know, you probably need your boobs done and you need to straighten your hair. And I was like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. I'm because glad you I, said didn't, that. I was your like, hair no. is gorgeous. Thanks. Your, but I, I got love my boobs that big, done. Poofy girl. I got my boobs done like the next year and I didn't even know I was going to be a stripper at that point. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I got my boobs done and I was really happy about that. It just fills out your bikinis a little bit more, fills out your sundresses. How do you, you know? trust the person that you're going to? Because like I've seen some fucked up jobs. Okay. I've seen some titties that look like a cookie monster's eyes because the, the nipples be pointing in all different directions and shit. Uh, I've seen a lot of fucked up shit. So how do you even say, this is the guy, I'm going to trust him. Here we go. Let's do this. Yeah. No, I honestly didn't trust him until <laughs> <laughs> until I was like, done. <laughs> you know, like under the scalpel, like, I don't trust this and motherfucker. And I had to go back for a second surgery because one was settling and the other one wasn't. And then they pulled it too low. And then I so then definitely you did didn't have trust some him. fuck ups. Yeah. So Jesus. I was like, I want to get my boobs done again. So I'm starting a boob job fund on my OnlyFans. No. <laughs> This is the best. Just kidding. No, people are like, no, you have nice titties. There's nothing wrong with them. But like, if you're, if you feel self-conscious about them, there's something wrong. And like before I was self-conscious about being flat. Now I'm like, I love my titties. I don't care. But I, I would do better next time. I would do my research intensively and I would go to a doctor that I a hundred percent trust with my life. Even though, you know what I did? Because mm-hmm. I saw my girlfriends who got, done, got them done by him and they, hers were amazing. But me going was a different story. So Why not every job is going to be perfect from every doctor. So oh, okay, yeah. that's a big thing. Um, mm-hmm. Just just to give a little bit uh, more on that is y'all. They're almost gotta, perfect. How do you find 
a good doctor? Like, what is a what is a trait that makes you say, I trust this motherfucker? I'd say referrals, definitely, and do your research and make sure you go to the consultation, ask a shit ton of questions. And if they have, like, an arrogant vibe, then definitely not. If they are very thorough with you and if they have a good team and obviously check their ratings, like, do your intensive research, see how many jobs they've done because there's new technology every year. You don't want somebody fresh out of school or somebody who went to school 10 years ago and hasn't done any courses or anything any mm. conferences lately especially with covid like who has conferences these days oh, probably well, online but yeah a lot of zoom conferences yeah about boobs <laughs> so make conference. sure they're That's on a good it. conference <laughs> what kind of questions should they ask to make sure that they're going to be safe i would say like okay how many how many like show me your befores and afters right before and afters are good it's a and nice then, way to get titty pics yeah and then also like what do you recommend for what I'm doing for a living? Because I, at the time I didn't know I was going to be a stripper. So I put them under the muscle. And if you're like super flat, it's a good way to like actually build some titty just in case you like want to get a second job over the muscle, which I would do next time. Um, but if you're flexing on stage naked, definitely go over the muscle, especially if you already have something to work with. If you don't have anything to work with, I guess, you could get them over the muscle. They look amazing. So you're thinking still. like bodybuilders and competition people like that would mm-hmm. put it over the, over muscle, the muscle. Yeah. But like the average girl deformed. who's just like, I want titties. Because most girls, just it's not even out. that. They want to have them augmented. Mm-hmm. And so they get a better shape. And then just like a little bit of lift. Most of the girls I know are just going a cup to two cups up. Yeah. Uh, so they're not doing anything crazy. But um, yeah, so they so for them, the everyday average person, they should go under the muscle. Definitely. That's one reason why I didn't get into hoop and aerial silks is because when I flex naked, they don't look normal. They look deformed because they're under the muscle. So it's just the way the muscle uh it's just the way the flesh is lifted when I flex. Like they're literally attached to to my muscle. Mm. But if they're over the muscle, you only see the shape of your boob. You don't see, like, all the flexage. <laughs> and so now they, they changed it, right? Like, it's no longer silicone. Is it saline now? Um, It's both. But they have uh, they have something called gummy bear or cohesive gel, which is what I have. So, like, a truck can run over it and it won't pop. And if you did slice <laughs> it open, if I got stabbed, it's literally, there's nothing that's going to come out. It's just, like, it's just silicone. Like, it, it's it's like gummy bears. Like, if you were to stab a gummy bear, there's, not, there's no liquid that Murphy. comes out. <laughs> Dude, I yo, I, this is great. I am learning shit like I never thought I would know. <laughs> you just said, "Hey, you run over my titties with a truck, it'll be fine." What? <laughs> I won't, who, but my titties will. Who did that first test? Who was like, "Let me see if this titty any good"? <laughs> they <laughs> probably do. Well, they have to do tons of tests. Yeah, yeah. you would think. But if what you could saline scares me? Kid, why saline? I thought saline was the one that saline's was saline's amazing natural. because it's like jiggly. But there's, it's like a balloon with water in it. If you go on a roller coaster or if you even go on a flight or years and years later, if you get capsules and webbing and that hardens and then it bursts, it's going to leak in How your body. How do you body. get capsules and webbing? Um, my, scar there's a lot tissue. of guys right now who are like, what the fuck? Oh, yeah. No <laughs> scar tissue and just life. <laughs> not massaging them enough. No, like not enough blood flow and circulation. And oh, look at that. My titties are hard. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have that coat. effect on people. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like rubbing my titty as I'm telling you, like for no reason. We're not on camera. <laughs> no, that's perfect because right now there's a guy who's looking at your Instagram and you're like, I'm rubbing my titty while talking to you. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> oh like, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I 
was going to get into dirty talk stuff. My dedicated listeners, you see what I bring to you? All right, I bring you to fire. Anyways. <laughs> but no, honestly, just do your research. Make sure that they've done a ton of good jobs. Good mm-hmm. boob jobs. <laughs> yeah, you got to see like, you know what I mean? Out of 10, what's your average? Mm-hmm. And then... And they're sisters, not twins. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're sisters... So uh, what 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 do they what do you, what do you call these sisters? They don't look exactly alike. Okay, but they they look a lot alike, but they don't look exactly <laughs> they're from alike. the same family. <laughs> just they just hang from a different tree. Yeah, they're not twins. No boobs are the same. I swear. Yes, no, I I know that part. I know no boobs are the same because like, I, I, I titties I like I like titties. They're, they're a beautiful thing. They're they're, the, uh, they're probably the most loved body part. Period. Because men and women appreciate good titties mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying i don't care who you are straight whatever if a pair of good titties come out you're gonna be like them some titties i literally wished upon a star for titties and when i was like in grade four and then the next day my little sprouts came through my little ant hills i'm like yes there's probably some guy right now like i wish for a bigger dick and he's like nothing <laughs> just no wish star. upon a star just wish upon a star. i was like you had to wish upon a bank account that's what you should do <laughs> can they do that can they do yes penis yes they can what they do is that whatever the length so guys if you don't know this i'm gonna tell you uh whatever the length of a man's penis is it's actually twice the length because it's uh what's protruding and then what's inside of us and so that what they do is the surgery is that they cut you open and pull out, yeah, drag out that other couple of inches from inside of you. And then, uh, you know, to give you your, your extra length. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I know. That's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I don't. I. That's ugh, it's a real procedure, though. It's a real procedure. And then the next one that's really scary is like they have now uh, since 2018. They have made it where they can surgically put on a whole new penis. They could take the penis off of one man and put it on another man, and it'll work. It's a real. But thing. they have to have the same blood type, right? I don't know. I think they. I, I don't. I, I'm just hoping it's the same skin color. If there's anything that's the same, or I think like, that's what blood type is it. I don't give a fuck. It's not the right color. It's not or the like right somebody color. Somebody doesn't want a different color penis because most people have a different color penis in the rest of their skin. Well, that's the thing about me being as dark as I am. I just it's want all a normal one. color like the rest of my skin. I'm a uniformed man. That's what it is. Oh my god, that's funny. That is a wild thing. And speaking of that, now, okay, I gotta know because I went to a house party. Uh, not even really a house party. It was a gathering. Yeah, you know I mean, a few dancers. And a few, you know, people that work behind a bar and the conversations that were flying around the room were stuff that I've never heard in my life. <laughs> and I have lived a good life, but I heard people, first of all, guys, I didn't know guys were so damn nasty. I, I know that we were all like, all men are rapists. And I used to be like, I mean, not all of them, but now <laughs> I'm like, I'm not taking any chances. There's too many nasty motherfuckers out there. Because, like, I heard terrible stories from dancers about guys in the club. Um, have you experienced any kind of, you know, horror? Like, you haven't had any bad nights with these creeps? Because I'm like, these guys are like, sounds like murderers. Like, they got bodies in the trunk. And I can only imagine how dangerous this is every day. It's like kind of like trying to feed a lion from the palm of your hand all the time. Because you, you don't know when you're going <laughs> to get bit. So, like... 
have you had any of these fucked up crazy ass stories with nasty ass motherfucking dudes from the club? That's why I left Ontario. <laughs> okay. Let's get into it. All oh, right. Man. I left Ontario because there was no work. Uh, <laughs> you left Ontario because motherfuckers was trying to give you the work. All right. Tell well, me what happened. And the strip clubs, they took out features a long time ago and there used to be no touching in Windsor or I don't know, maybe in Toronto. I don't know. In Toronto, when I was growing up, it was, uh, you could do, you could do that move in Toronto where you, like a dude would just, while she's dancing, a dude would just lay on the stage with like a $20 bill on his face. And then she like pick it up with her titties or grab it with a pussy. I seen a girl right. slap her pussy two times, I guess to get it wet. I don't know, energize or whatever. And then she scooted <laughs> over his face and picked up the fucking, the 20 off his face with a pussy. I was like, oh shit. Yeah, that's those days dope. are long gone yeah? for me. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you put like, I don't know, add a few zeros on there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, bill. I don't know how many bigger the bill is going to get, but I mean, I'm more, I'm more so. nervous for the guy. I'm like, she's squatting hard to get that 20 up. And I'm like, if she shits, it's over, dog. Oh, <laughs> man. No, in Ontario, it's like, okay, so yeah, I Yeah, I haven't been do... to an Ontario strip club in a long time, so I'm, I don't now, know if things I have changed. I see toonies in their mouth, and I'm like, hey, this, this industry is over. I like, for features. it out of his fucking head. Dude, okay, so, so well, money's money, but like, wow. So I feel like since they took out features, and because Ontario has no work compared to, let's say, Alberta, I don't know. I feel like the no clubs, work? like the economy just went down a shit since like what, 2008 mm -hmm. was it? Or 2000 even? Yeah. Um. So in the 90s, it used to be where you can't touch the dancers. The girls were killing it. They were making such good money. The Americans would come over and spend their money too because it's a border city. Even in Toronto, like girls used to make so much money. But as far as my hometown, it just got, I think people just got so desperate to make money that they started letting people touch and then they started letting people do more and more and more. And it's just, becoming you know like that but i feel like i'm not judging you know an escort is an escort or a person who works in a club and does hand jobs and blow jobs is that's fine like if that's if they can handle it so that cool. is a thing then oh yeah okay um some people the champagne room claim, exists people like i claim uh some people claim that they go to a place and they literally just see heads bobbing in the back like it's just one of those places i know guys who have been like yo at certain clubs they wait till the last minute for like the last dances and they call it a fire sale where it's like the last dances of the night and they go that's the best prices and they'll wait they'll wait to that wow. time and they'll just start negotiating and uh, it's not for a lap dance yeah so yeah it's it's fucking wild so i just i heard it mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying i'm not really a big strip club guy as my dedicated listeners know i'm not really that big of a strip club guy i work there but i'm I like the people and like hanging out. Like, you know, I'm not yeah. like the dude that's like trying to creep people out and shit. I'm just <laughs> no, like, wherever it's allowed, fun. if that's your style, have fun. And honestly, yeah, if you're thing. a woman listening and like, I have no judgment towards that. If your soul can handle it, cool. But for myself, I was not ever that type of person and I just cannot handle it. I tried to let people touch me. It drained my soul. And I'm a show girl. Like, I love the limelight. So I'm like, fuck this. So I quit like three months later because I was competing against girls who would do all that. So I wouldn't make money. And I'm mm. in my hometown. My cousins could literally walk in. So I'm like, okay, no, that's pretty risky. That's pretty well, risky. Well, it was cause it happened. And I, I was like, go outside. Uh, that's like the word. That's <laughs> like, like the literal, the one that we all talk see. about where the dad walks in and it's like, motherfucker. Oh <laughs> like, man. It was the Carlton like, banks. With the <laughs> but they actually respected me because they knew I wasn't up there doing like more than dancing even though like I respect everyone who does anything, I just feel like 
for family that to see me as a stripper, I'm just like, oh my God, when I'm on stage, can you please go outside? Or I talk to my DJ, like, I can't go on stage. My cousins are here. That's like the big thing. The whole, obviously, I'm seeing that you had to deal with it too. Like the big, yeah. uh, like, and I don't like it, because, uh, but it's a real thing where it's like, being a stripper is an evil thing. It's a bad thing. It's a way yeah, that you fail. It's fun. And um, that's why I was trying to write a movie. Uh, that's why I'm going to be uh, enlisting uh, your help if you can. I want to <laughs> do a movie to show the uh, the empowerment uh, and the positive side of it. I I'd think, love to do to help with that. Yeah, because I cousins, need a woman's... I need you. I need your story. Yeah. Right? Well, like, they knew I just, how I was outside of the club. Like, look at me outside of the club. Mm. I own my own website, shakeit.com. I teach belly dance, fitness, life coaching, Reiki, energy healing, all those things, essential oils. I am a different person outside of the club, even though I'm the same person. But when I'm on stage and I've got my sex appeal on and I've got that Cassia Shea hat on, it's a different mm-hmm. story. My alter ego, it's like, it's different. So when I was up in the club before, I loved the stage. That was my favorite part. And even if I was naked, I don't care. I just love being on stage. I love being seen, especially if I'm getting paid for it. Yeah. And then to come out here to Alberta, like I heard that, there is no touching and they do feature shows and you just, you know, we work your way up. You get your experience, you get better at your show and the more you make and the more contests you can go into and the more money you make probably. And, um, and then they have private dances here. Yes. But in those private dances, they don't touch you. Yeah. And if they do touch you, you could say, Hey, no touching next time we got to leave or you could get them kicked out. It's an option. Back in the day, they used to be super strict with it, but in Ontario, there's like barely any places like that. So that's why I'm not there. And if it was, it'd be far away from home and I'd have to pay for a hotel. So I'm like, <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to go to Alberta where I know is my second home and I can just build from there. And they have competition. So they're putting us on a pedestal. They're putting us on a platform. They're giving us opportunities to grow, not only in our, within ourselves, but also our financial growth, which is the first and foremost reason why I started stripping mm. was because of the social connection also, but the money was first, the social connection and the ability to practice my skills mm. on stage, because that's what makes me a great dancer and a great teacher is because I know what I'm doing. And I actually like record, uh, I, I tell myself in my head, okay, you transition like this and you transition like that because I have to break it down for my students in an actual class. Mm-hmm. So when I'm on stage, I'm thinking most of the time. <laughs> I'm all, I'm like looking at people, eye fucking them. <laughs> I'm just like making the connections, but I'm also thinking, okay, step how one, can step I, two. how can I teach this? <laughs> step one, step two. But yeah, all right, we kind of got away from what yeah, I tried to get sorry. at, but like, yeah, do you have any stories about nasty ass motherfucking dudes in the club? Oh yeah. You had to leave Ontario for that. Oh, for Let's sure. Oh my God. Okay. So this guy, when I had, didn't have my boobs yet, he was like, um, he was like, and this was okay. So I started stripping. I didn't have boobs. This was in Windsor. And then I came out to Alberta when I actually had boobs. So anyway, um, so I was flat still. And he's, he literally told me, he's like, you should get your boobs done. And I was like, thanks like i know and i've always wanted to how about you get more dances from me so i can afford to get my boobs mm-hmm. Tell <laughs> Anyways, motherfucker. this motherfucker pinched my nipples like he literally pinched me so hard and i told myself i'll never go back to that i was like i'm literally gonna kill someone and end up in jail if i have to deal with that again yeah that's uh that's a definitely a stabable at least offense yeah that was in ontario holy fuck and oh. then here i mean if that happened they'd obviously be kicked out yeah. At so least. nothing happened in Ontario? No. 
this guy probably came in a few times a week, maybe paid off the bouncers. I don't know. But for him to come in and do that, that was an assault. I could totally charge him for that. I don't know no, the guy's name still to this day. Like, I don't know. I t- kind of just like suppressed it down. <laughs> but no, I've released a lot of stuff and stigma about myself and about the club to come back to it. And then coming back here to Alberta where nobody can touch me like that. And like the men here are trained differently as customers. So they're like, you know, sometimes they like sit on their hands, especially like first timers. Mm-hmm. They're super respectful. And even in BC, the guys are just so much more passive and like really nice gentlemen. Whereas Ontario is a bit more aggressive. There's definitely nice guys there too. Lots of gentlemen, but there's a lot more aggression there. Mm. And so I came here. Are they usually the ones coming from Montreal? Because you know Montreal yeah. is just a fucking gangbang. Yeah, Montreal, Toronto. Um, yeah, I don't want to get too specific with like yeah. cultures <laughs> or anything. <laughs> but yeah, but it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, you hear that, people? You hear that to my people in Toronto? The Albertans are less, are nicer. I never thought that that would be the thing. The wee cowboys of Alberta are more gentlemanly than you dirtbags in Ontario. Heck Step yeah. your game up, Ontario. Do better. <laughs> Do better. Be a gentleman in a gentleman's club. Now, here's the thing that um, a lot of guys uh, do, and uh, they they go to the strip club with the intention of trying to uh, actually like make the stripper be their girlfriend. Oh, God. Yeah. Or, like, or come <laughs> home with them. Or hang out with Tell them. Tell me right now, is oh that, like, what are the odds, what are the chances of guys actually getting uh, the girl to go, like, basically they call it leaving the club with you, where it's like, you meet me outside the club now, and it's not on a any kind of financial basis. It depends how much money you actually spend, though. Okay, because, like, break the, that down. Because it has happened, but the girls who I know that made their customer their their actual boyfriend... They spent so much money on them. They kept coming back and they're like, I won't stop until you go on a date with me type of thing. And they were like so, and it was a mutual thing. So it's not like the girl was being fake, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm, I, keep, I just keep it real in the club. I'm just like, no, bro, I'm not going to go home with you. <laughs> <laughs> like, I like how you break the whole character. Nah, bro. I got to read you my message from the other day. Oh my God. Yes, this guy's trying to hang out with me outside the club. He allegedly knows all the dancers. We had like two friends in common. One of them is a dancer. <laughs> Yo. The other one is a guy. I'm just like, no. Anyway, so these guys just want to come home with you or go want you to go home with them. And it's funny because, like, they don't even want to spend any money sometimes. Like, they're just, like, in the club for the conversation or just to have drinks yeah. or whatever. And it's like, okay, well, then, you know, I'm sorry that I wasted my time even talking to you like this is our job mm-hmm. right so if you're gonna come in the club at least tip one dancer at least go for one dance at least mm-hmm. because you're in an establishment where people are going to come up to you and ask at least an end question after a conversation would you like to go upstairs and have some fun or wherever the vip room is would you like to go for a private dance so have the respect for us dancers that this is our job we are not performing for free we are not talking to you for free. Mm-hmm. You hear that, motherfuckers? And if, and if it is for free, it's not really because we're actually making a genuine connection that we could use in the future. You never know. I have best friends from the strip club mm-hmm. who I've met as customers. And because I got to know them over a certain amount of time, they became friendlier and friendlier. And now, like, my one best friend, he's like a brother to me. So I'm just like, hey, cool. 
See, that's okay. That's cool. and but they were introduced to me from somebody who I could trust and who was in the strip club industry as well as a DJ. So mm-hmm. a DJ introduced us, and then we just talked for hours. And but that was like, honestly, that never happens. If I didn't get introduced to this guy from the person I got introduced from. Uh, to him from I would I'd be like okay after five minutes hey do you want to dance okay if not okay I'll I'll catch you next time it's gonna be the same thing let's go for a dance let's go for a dance yeah. <laughs> like you know the seagulls from Nemo mine yes. mine mine mine, yes. mine so it's like that let's go for a dance let's go for a dance I literally had because like I am not a like I was uh I was in the club uh the other night yeah and um I'm not a um Lap dance guy, this is not for me. It's just not my thing. Again, it's because of who I am and my mentality. I'm not attracted to the idea. I'm not turned on by anybody who's doing something for a service, like for money. And it's just not for me. You for know sure. I mean? So it's like what I did, though, is I had brought a girl who had never been to the strip club. Yes. And we appreciate that. Yeah, but women you see what I did? I so sent her up. And, and bring us for dances. I yeah, love wh- she did when two women dances. come to the club. She did two dances. And that's when we thought that you were going to be on stage. I had a whole role oh. <laughs> just for you uh, because I'm like, yeah, like I'm not going to. You'll even notice when I'm working on Tuesdays. Yeah. Because I see some of you ladies on stage do amazing jobs. And I'm working. And I'll just go put like a 10 on the stage to be like, hey. Yeah, that was a dope ass job that you just did for there. sure. We because I'm not that. gonna go for dances myself personally. Yeah, but I will. Um, you know what I'm saying? When I see somebody who's killing it on stage, because I'm a performer and an entertainer myself. So like when I see somebody on stage and they're rocking it, I'm like, look, I got to give you at least ten dollars because I know, um, like you really are good at what you do and you deserve this. Thank you. But I won't, but I'll do that with like, you know, I, I go looking for the stage to see not, not to be turned on as much as to be odd. Because right? <laughs> I like sure. when I see somebody do shit where I'm like, what the fuck? This yes. is a great but performance. But that's why we're there. It's not only for the sex appeal and for the, you know, get you warmed up before you go and order an escort or <laughs> <laughs> like, is I, that what guys do? I mean, yeah. All right. Because, okay. Like, they're all of a sudden, like so many guys are just like, so what are you doing after? And I'm just like going to bed. <laughs> Like I am a grandma inside. Probably, like, look, I got tea going right now. Like, I'm I'm all into my fitness routine, and like, I I mean, I have my side business where I work with clients and stuff. I have an old soul. I don't want to go home with you after the club. I'm, I'm not tired. a desperate twenty year old anymore. Like, I'm sorry, but I have so much self confidence now that I'm a stripper, and like, and you know, years later, I build that self confidence and realize, oh, stripping's not just fun and games. It's a business. So I'm like, no, I'm going to bed. Maybe you can come next time earlier and you know like i don't want to spend my personal time with you unless i know you and i can trust you Mm -hmm. and if you're going to pay me for it that's escorting so that's a different trade Mm -hmm. and if we're to be honest out here if we're caught doing that i mean we can get fired so like yeah i don't want to risk my job yeah no of course (laughs) but But like um that's something that uh was very interesting that you said there that being a stripper has given you the confidence Mm -hmm. you know like the story goes is well the the i'm gonna say myth because I don't know, and I'm asking, mm-hmm. is that um, strippers all have daddy issues? Um. Well, my dad passed away when I was 12, so... <laughs> <laughs> Your issue was a whole different one. You know? Definitely. So, like, I don't, I don't think I have daddy issues. I really don't. Do you so. find, like, when you <laughs> interact with the other girls, 
Like, because from what I see, there's a wide range of personalities. Oh, for sure. In the club. We're all artists and just, yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's like, do you find that some of them are fucking nutballs? Oh, for sure. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm one. It, sometimes it depends on the, the day. It depends on the shift and the energy that I want to bring to the dance floor. Sometimes I'm crazy. And then sometimes <laughs> I'm too calm. Where I'm like, okay, I need to like. Like sniff some peppermint, <laughs> <laughs> or like take a red, uh, what's it called, Red Bull. But I can't drink Red Bull, so oh my goodness. Do you drink at all when you're when you're uh, barely? Working? I I say focus. If you're buying dances, I'll drink with you. Mm-hmm. Like if you buy dances first, I'll come and have a drink with you. But I don't really like drinking because I have a long history with alcoholism. So I'm like, eh. Yeah, I'm cutting back myself. I went. Uh, I'm cutting down to where it's like. I like to save it for Four Christmas. Four or five drinks uh, uh, is the most I'll do now. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, holidays, I like to drink really expensive stuff. Yes, exactly. Because I get hangovers. Top shelf. And they are fucking horrible. And it's like every time I'm like, why do you do this? It's not worth it. No, I'm like. Um, I like mushrooms now. That's yeah, mushrooms. Mushrooms and weed. <laughs> Speaking of which, I did, uh, I did bring you something. Uh, I'm very excited. <laughs> I brought you some mushrooms. <laughs> these ones are called albino penis envy. Yo, guys, Google oh, how good these penis. fucking mushrooms I've are. I've never had an All albino right? penis before. I know, but you're going to have one this time. <laughs> oh uh, and uh, yeah, so these ones are strong as fuck. Um, I love them personally. So I'm going to give you like, a couple uh, shit right here and uh, get in. These ones are good, man. Hey, guys, if you suffer from depression, mushrooms, psilocybin is 800 times more effective than any depressant on the market, just so you guys know. Oh, I hate the way they smell. I'm going to do Ugh. this on my private time. I can't wait. Mm-hmm. My private time is sacred, and I like to do mushrooms. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. Can, can I take a picture? I was like, can thing. I take a picture of that? <laughs> yeah, you can. Oh, my God. That's cool. This is the whole fucking thing. <laughs> do you want to be in it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to fucking eat this and talk to Jesus. That's, That's awesome. <laughs> Woo, I just hate the smell. I'm going to order some more. Albino um, penis. Yeah. Like, I'm telling you right now, you put that in a tea <laughs> and it's going to be a great... I it, I like microdosing, um, but sure. I, microdosing is great for like... For those of you who are like, oh my God, mushrooms, they're such a scary thing to take. No, they're not. Um, mushrooms are like... Real microdosing is like a really good edible. I love mushrooms, whether you're microdosing, macrodosing. Yeah, I microdose. I macrodose. <laughs> so I was I uh, macrodose. camping send, this t- summer. Send me that picture because I'm gonna post that I shit because I'm will. fucking macrodosing <laughs> on that mushroom. I was oh I should man. do a podcast camping on this mushrooms. summer. I was crying because I was laughing so hard. But That's I mean, the best. when my best the friend giggles. and I together. Uh, when when my best friend and I are together and we're sober, I cry from laughter like all the time because like yeah. I don't know why we just she just brings that. Out I of love me. it. I love it. I love the. I go through the this, the whole stages. I go through the giggles and then when I'm really on mushrooms, I though, I cry. Like even if I'm like, I'll just be thinking about anything happy or sad, and I'll just be releasing these tears. Doesn't like, it feel why great? Do I? Why am I crying? Yes. <laughs> Yo, it's I remember good. one time when I was tripping balls on mushrooms, I couldn't stop crying, but it wasn't like I'm sad. You know what I mean? It was just it just felt good. It just was like this is the best fucking feeling ever. And I was like, <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> I'm like, I was crying and I'm like, you know, society tells me that because I'm a man I'm not allowed to cry. Well, I don't believe in that and I'm going to and I'm just <laughs> 
That's awesome. And I'm just fucking letting the tear works do you drop. Ever, do you talk about society too when you're on shrooms? Do oh my you like God, talk of course. about I being connected entire... as a universe, as wine and all yes. this kind of shit? It's the so world. It's bigger I. than just you. I don't understand. You. Well, that's what I like. Well, is because I do understand. I think, I think my personal belief is that uh, the reason why we start to see the world like that is because when you're on mushrooms that it kills your ego. For and sure. so you no longer have uh, that voice in your head that, uh, you know, restricts your ways from seeing outside of yourself. And so when you don't have an ego, you realize you get to see yourself in your own reflection. Like you're almost looking at you, looking at you. Right. And then you see yourself in the place of the world. Especially and now you're like, oh, my God, you're connected in all ways to all of this. And you know what I'm saying? So you, I think that's why. I think the, the mushrooms help with the death of your ego. Uh, not that your ego should ever be non-existent because your ego does protect you. But it's definitely um, having a large ego is not a good thing. Right. And I have a problem with my ego. I I, I openly admit that my ego is a little too big. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Your I, head's too big. Yeah. Head space I say, and heart you know space. Balance I, it. <laughs> I don't have enough. Uh, as big as my head is, I still can't hold a fucking plant on it. But like I know <laughs> that my ego is too big and, you know, I... I want to, uh, you know, suppress some of that and, and become more worldly. So for sure, I definitely, definitely talk about the universe and I definitely learn empathy. I no longer look at things from the way that people make me feel. I look at the, uh, from the standpoint of why are they acting this way to me? Why, what is it about me that makes them feel this way? For sure. And so when I start to see the world like that, um, a lot of the times you realize that the problem that uh is really happening is has nothing to do with you that the right. pain that a hurt person inflicts on you for that temporary time what you feel is what they're living with constantly and so now i start to feel sorry for them because again their uh actions towards me have nothing to do with me right yeah and that's uh so i'm keep doing mushrooms because every time i come back off the trip i come with a new answer and actually i'm going to be i got some shows in Kelowna. Nice. Tomorrow, I'm Kelowna is one morning. of my favorite places. It's a beautiful place. I got some shows in Kelowna in the morning, so I'll be out of here in the morning, and I'll be out there for a few days. I'm gonna take a, I have a, a day off in between, and sure as shit, I'm gonna do some motherfucking mushrooms. <laughs> I'm doing, a, yeah. I'm doing a macro dose. I'm doing a macro dose. You know, the more you um take those two, it's like a meditative trip, and like you is. start attracting people who actually just really want to see you succeed and who appreciate you for your heart space instead wow. of all I the didn't ego know stuff. That. And like, so my friend circle has definitely changed. Like, I'm not letting go of any friends from my past. I've let go of like a few, obviously, like maybe like some from blowouts and stuff like that. But like for the most part, the people in my life are actually pretty new people and they want to see me generally do good and they're very much supportive and I'm the same way for everyone. So I'm like, wow, it's actually really nice to receive and I deserve this. And when I take mushrooms, I'm like all in my heart space yes. and I'm like so loving and I'm, I'm loving, I'm a loving person anyway, but it just becomes magnetized like by a infinity. I, I am the... <laughs> Yo, I, if you receive a phone call from me at 4.30 in the morning, don't answer. I'm on mushrooms, <laughs> and I want to tell you how much I love you. Oh, my God. That's like, funny. I want, like, you know what I mean? Like, I want to tell people I love you. You know what I mean? Like, yo. Yeah. Uh, you know how man, much you mean like, to me? Uh, call my mom. <laughs> yeah, I've called my mom on mushrooms. Oh, my goodness. I've called my mother on mushrooms, and I told her that I'm on mushrooms. I love that about my mom is that uh, she doesn't, like, I'll tell her the truth about whatever, and she'll rock with me. 
just like you know what I mean. I feel it's like like a respect as you're yes. an adult. She's my best doing friend. The best my best you mom. can. Yeah. And so uh, when I call her, I'd be like, "Mommy, you know, I just want to say that I know you did the best you can, and I love you." And she's like, "What drug is this now?" I'm on mushrooms. I've actually like, liked this right. with my mom all the time, even sober. But one time in grade ten, I did some ecstasy, and all of a sudden, I was like extra nice with her. <laughs> <laughs> one time in grade 10 i had a friend come over and we were high and i was like mom i love you oh my gosh your skin is so soft and i was like looking at the the i was like come watch a movie with us mom and i was like wanting to cuddle with her i was never like that with her when i was a teenager we butted heads all the time and now i'm actually like that with her like now that i'm all grown up and i understand where she comes from and i understand why she raised me and or like how she raised me why she did what she did and all these things I'm like, I love you so much. You're my best friend. I don't even judge anything. And I love you and I forgive you. And I hope you forgive me. And I'm always like that with her. And it's funny because like, she probably thinks I'm high. Like, I swear I have like a permanent stoner mentality. Yeah. <laughs> so she's like, what the hell? <laughs> what happened to you since you yep. moved? <laughs> Yo, but it is I a change. No, it, it, it is a big change. I fucking definitely will tell you that. Uh, you're, you, 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 you have like a hippie kind of like, even when I talk to people, it's in a like more empathetic and loving way. Yeah. And they're like, what are you, a fucking hippie? And it's just like, <laughs> I, I get hippies now when they're like, it's peace, man. No, I'm in love. my indigenous spirit. Yeah. And like, I, <laughs> I just I love myself so much more. Yeah. And it, it's a beautiful thing. But, um, another beautiful thing, I gotta have you, uh, back again on the podcast. Uh, we gotta wrap it up now. This yes. is the, actually officially the longest podcast, uh, we've ever had on the Comedy Reject podcast. And I'm only stopping it because I gotta go do another podcast. Uh, because fuck, we could do this all day. I man. know. But this is part this one. Has this been is part great. one. Yeah. No, we definitely coming back. And, um, can you please let everybody, uh, all my listeners know, um, your, your Instagram page, your web page, because like uh, I do actually have female listeners. Uh, thank you guys. Love you. Dedicated 40 or 56, whatever you guys. Uh, <laughs> I love you guys. Um, I'll let them know how they can find you uh, so that hopefully, you know what I mean? Some of the comedy reject uh, lunatics that I love so much. Love you guys so much. Hey, Al Babcock, your, your child is fucking beautiful, man. Love you, bro. Uh, and, and Travis. Travis, I fuck, I see every time I post my shit, you keep reposting it. Thank you, bruh. I see you guys. Dedicated 40s. I love you guys. But yeah, let them know because my fans are the fucking shit. Like they listen to this podcast and they're extremely receptive. They message me every week talking about everything that happens. And this podcast was a great one because we talked for an hour and nine minutes. <laughs> and I want them to be able to to uh, connect with you, possibly take some classes with you because you also have twerk classes. Oh, yeah. So you I have forgot twerk about, classes. I to talk about you that. have the belly yeah. dancing classes. Man, can you let them know all the things so they can find you? Sure. Okay, so I have my exotic dancer stuff, which is Cassius Shay, C-A-S-S-I-U-S underscore Shay, C-H-A-Y, and that's on Instagram. And I also have like all the other socials, but that's my main uh, plug. And then I have my Shake It Worldwide Instagram, which is C-H-A-Y, which is, by the way, my real name. It's in all my businesses. Why not? Touche. So <laughs> C-H-A-Y-K-I-T, Shake It Worldwide 
And that's my Instagram for my belly dancing and fitness stuff. And I have, I'm having a twerk shop on Monday. It's starting on Monday and then it's going to go for four weeks. And on the last day, I want to dress up like Santa's little helper, like a little elf and kind of like, you know, make some little promo videos and stuff. That'd be really fun. But we're going to make a fun event out of it. And yeah, it's for dancers or non-dancers. It could be like, guys, I don't care. Just come on. If you're serious about learning the twerk, if you're serious. I need some serious inquiries only because I don't, yeah, I don't fuck around. Any of my dedicated listeners want to do a serious twerk? Yo, there it is, yo. And I'm telling you right now, she'll teach you a serious twerk. I'll break it down. Watch the breakdown. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that's where you can find me or shakea.com. But, yeah, thank you for having me. This was fun. (laughs) This is, like, literally, seriously, in all honesty, the longest podcast we did. And I'm only stopping because I got to run. Thank you so much for sharing. There's so much more we got to talk about. There's so much to share. Like, there's so much (laughs) knowledge in you that we want to get out. So, I'm definitely going to have to have you back again sometime. I don't have guests very often. So, that's why I'm so excited to have had such a stimulating conversation. (laughs) Uh, And again, my listeners, I love you guys so much, man. I love the fact that you guys keep uh, reposting and tagging. I see all of you guys. This has been another episode of the Comedy Reject Podcast. I'm out of here.